Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen. Okay, let's talk about Jesus. Let's get into the word. How's that sound? I'm ready. Uh, I want you to open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're going to look at today. And I've got three points for you today that we're going to work our way through. But the title of my message today is this. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you how you should say it in your mind. The title of my message today is Runners Run. Okay, Runners Run. That's the title of my message. That's what it is. But as we were standing in worship today, it's like I could hear the Lord saying it. And I want to say it for you, how the Lord is saying it. Usually, when you go to a race, you hear somebody come over the loudspeaker and he says what? Runners, take your mark. Right? And you see all these guys that are like, and these girls that are like in their shorts and their tank tops and they're like loosening up and they're doing weird stretches and like, they like make their way over to the block and they get down the blocks, they put their foot here and another foot somewhere else and they get on their little tippy ting, tinger toes, fingers, fingers, whatever they're called and like they get just in the right position and they wait for that gun to go off and then what happens when the gun goes off? Everybody runs, right? It's like it's understood. We all know what's supposed to happen. The gun goes off. But sometimes, you know, like if you go to, one of my favorite things is when you go to like a little kid's like field day and then like they have those races and the kids just have no idea what's happening, right? They just, it's like the teachers get everybody out and they line all, okay, just uh, come here little, little Timmy, line up over here. Everybody line up, everybody line up. And they're so concerned, they get everybody lined up and then somebody goes, go! And the kids are like, ah. Like what's, what's happening? And then all the parents and all the teachers and everybody in the stands starts yelling what? Run! Run! Listen, I feel like by the Spirit of God, this is how he is communicating this message to us today. He's saying this to you today, and I want you by the Spirit of God. Listen, the first service was already very different than, than where we're at today. And what I love about two services, honestly, what I, what I love, and I, listen, just so you know, we cannot wait until we're in a space big enough where we can all gather together at one time. But what I am loving in the meantime about the two services is they are always very different and the Spirit of God knows who's in the room and who needs to hear what and how they need to hear it. And so I love that. So this morning, the nine o'clock service was very different than where we were at right now. And, and even the way that I communicated the, 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 the message and the theme of the message was different than what I'm gonna say to you today by the Spirit of God. And I feel like by the Spirit of God today, the way he wants you to hear the title of this message message is this, runners run! Like we're all in the blocks ready to go, but we're kind of standing here unsure of what's happening, unsure of where we're supposed to go, unsure of what we're supposed to do. And God is standing in heaven saying, run, run! So I don't know how you're going to write that down in your notes, like as a title. All caps, obviously. It's all caps, obviously. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Paul is talking. He's writing a letter to Timothy. And this is at the end of Paul's life. Paul is about to be 
deaded. He's about to die. Uh, he's about to be beheaded uh, by Nero. Nero was, Nero was nuts, for real. Nero was crazy. Nero <clears throat> burnt down most of Rome because he wanted to rebuild it in his own image. He said, I don't like how this looks. I want to rebuild this in, in an image that I have for it. Couldn't find a way to really do it legally or get it through the Senate. And so what Nero decides to do is he decides, I'm going to burn this city to the ground, and then we'll have to rebuild it. So he burns it to the ground, and then he turns around and blames it on all the Christians because the Christians of the day, and rightfully so, were taught that you cannot worship other gods. Have you all heard that before somewhere? Okay, great. So the Christians in, in this day and age were taught you can't worship other gods. And the problem was when there was emperors ruling Rome, they believed and there was a religion that the emperor was God. And it was required that you worship the emperor. And so Nero was upset because these followers of Jesus, these new Christians, as they were called, these followers of Jesus, would not worship Nero. And so he says, here's what I'm going to do. I want to rebuild the city. I'm going to burn it to the ground. I'm going to blame it on the Christians. And then we're going to turn around and persecute the Christians. Really because they just won't worship me and I don't like them. So I'm going to persecute them. And so this is where when Paul is writing this letter, this is what's happening. And he's about to be beheaded. So these are his really like his really last thoughts to Timothy and to us that we have today. And so he says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. I fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I've remained faithful. Say finished the race. Finished. I finished the race. I want to show you what that word finished means in the Greek. Because, like you know, if we talk about this before, if you've come to Hope City at all, anytime, we all know that the Bible, the New Testament, was written in Greek, and sometimes the English translation just doesn't do a good job of translating that for us. And so the word finished doesn't just mean simply an end or a goal. It means to make an end to or an accomplish, to complete something, not merely to end it, like it's done, I've finished this, but to bring it to perfection or its desired goal, to carry it through. So when Paul says, I have finished the race, he didn't, he's not just saying, guys, I made it across the finish line. I was so tired, I could barely do it, but I made it. Now I'm gonna go home and have pasta and get some carbs in my body. When he's saying, I finished the race, he's saying that I have been perfected and I've hit the desired goal. Because you know what happened soon after this? Was Paul was murdered. He says, I've made it to the end. And I want to tell you today that the Christian race has a goal. If you follow Jesus... If you're a follower of Jesus, there is a goal in the race that you are running. And the goal in the race that you are running is to, at the end of your life, hopefully you will look more like Jesus then than you do now. Does that make sense? Listen, here's what's so wonderful about Jesus. Yes, Jesus wants everybody to come to him just as they are. But Jesus loves you so much, 
and cares about you so much that he doesn't want you to stay there. Not because sin or things in your life are icky and dirty and bad and Jesus doesn't like that. Jesus wants you to change because he wants to bring freedom and wholeness and life and restoration and reconciliation to you. Not that he's afraid of those things. He just wants to make you who he designed you and destined you to be in the first place. And so he wants you to go on a journey and on a race with him. So by the end of the day, when you are crossing the finish line of your life and being welcomed into heaven, you are looking more like him than you ever have before. So many times we forget in the busyness of our life in everything we're going through and all the struggles that we have, we forget that this, this right now, stand up, this right now, as awesome and as good looking as this bro is, this is all temporary. One day he's gonna leave all, he's gonna leave these muscles behind, he's gonna leave this great smile behind. This is not gonna be who he is in heaven. This is temporary. The struggles, the trials, the temptations, the good days, the bad days, they're all going to be left behind at some point. The end of the goal, the goal line, is to look more like Jesus than right now. My goal line is to look more like Jesus at the end of my life than I do right now. So your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, there is a goal that you should be looking at as you run. And here's a thought, here's a thought I'm having right now. But many times, many followers of Jesus have no goal. They have no goal line in sight. They have no idea where the race they're on is taking them. And so they're just running around. Some of, some of us are running around in circles. Some of us are running backwards from where we even started from. We're running all over the place. But if you keep your eyes on the finish line, where are you going to find yourself? At the finish line. You're going to run towards what you look at. You need to make sure that you realize that there is a goal in your life. And Jesse, the goal in your life. Holly, the goal in your life. Darlene, the goal in your life. Gene, the goal in your life still because you're still alive. You're still kicking. You're still breathing air. And there's a goal in your life. And the goal in your life is still to look more like Jesus tomorrow than you do today. William Barclay in his commentary talking about this, he said it this way. Every follower of Jesus at the end of their day, at the end of each day, should take the time and ask themselves this question. Am I any further along today than I was yesterday? The point is, is to have a reminder in your heart and in your mind and in your soul that I'm on a journey that I haven't arrived, that I'm still going somewhere. Can I get an amen? So my point for you right now is that this journey, this life, the Christian race that you are in has a goal for each and every one of us. And that goal is to look more like Jesus at the end of your time than it does right now. All right. Next thing I want to tell you is this. The Christian marathon, the Christian race is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. 
People love sprints. Sprints, you're able to show off how fast you are because they're short, 100 meters, 330 feet. I can run fast for 330 feet. I might be dead at the end, but I can run fast for 330 feet. And everybody's going to see how fast I can run. But the Christian walk, the Christian race is a marathon. It is a haul. Who's, has anybody ever here ran a marathon? Two people. Yeah. I mean, that's an impressive feat. Like that really is. Like when you see those people driving around in their cars and they have that little sticker on the back that says 26.2, you should drive past them and be like, hmm, okay. Respect. Respect. That's, that's miles. It's over 40 kilometers. It's like 45 kilometers. Let me tell you about a marathon. Just so we all understand where marathon comes from. Because I don't think a lot of us do. And it'll help illustrate the point. In 1896, in Athens, Greece, was the first modern Olympics. And at those Olympics was the first time they ever held a marathon. And they held a marathon because of this. In 490 BC, there was something called the Battle of Marathon. Didn't know that, did you? The Battle of Marathon. And in the Battle of Marathon, it was the Persians coming to attack the Athenians. And the Persians had a massive army. They were coming with everything they had to come and wipe out the Greek people. And so they went down to Marathon and had this fight. They had this battle. And I don't know why and I don't know how. Just something happened. And the Athenians, the Greeks, just licked the Persians. And they beat them. And so there was a messenger on the battlefield. And they said, we need to let everybody at home know what has happened. We need to let everybody at home know the good news. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? I'm not sure you just got what I just said. There was some good news that needed to be told. There was people 40 kilometers away in the city of Athens who were quite sure they were about to be wiped out by a huge conquering army. But something happened on the battlefield and everything changed. Somebody needs to remember today that something happened on the battlefield for you a long time ago. A long time ago on a hill on a cross. And so what they did was, they said, hey, I need you to be a messenger and we need you to run home as fast as you can. Don't stop at McDonald's. Don't stop at Wendy's. Don't stop for nothing. Don't stop to go to bed. You get home as quick as you can because we need you to tell everybody at home what has happened and they are safe and they're not going to die. So this guy jumps up and he runs home 40 kilometers and he busts into the city 
And he begins to tell everybody, we're safe, we're safe. He begins to declare the good news. Don't worry, you're not going to die. They're not coming. We won the fight. We won the battle. Here's the good news. You're safe. And do you know what happened? As soon as he declares this good news, we find out that this dude drops dead. I have finished the race. It cost him his life. <laughs> it's going to cost you something. Your journey that you're on is a journey, is a race that should take you to the end of your life. And when you cross that finish line, it's not a finish line out on Sumas Way. It's not a finish line in downtown Vancouver or, or in New York or in Boston at the Boston Marathon. That's not the finish line you're crossing. The finish line you're crossing is the threshold from here into eternity. And you run that race all the way to the end and you finally cross that threshold and you find yourself standing in a crowd of witnesses cheering you on and you hear Jesus himself say to you, well done, my good and faithful servants. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially, everybody say especially. especially, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. There's just so much in this verse that I love. Strip off the sin that trips you up? Listen, you know, if you see marathon runners, if you see them, they are not bundled up with Teflon vests for training their cardio. They're not weighed down with massive body packs. They don't have those weights on their, on their ankles so they get a better, like, exercise thing when they're running. They are stripped down to as little as they could possibly wear because they've got to go the distance. And listen, some of us in our life, we need to get those things off of our back that have been holding us down and tripping us up so that we can run the race that God himself, the Bible says right here, has put before you. <laughs> I'm way more pumped about this than you all seem to be. Josh, come here, man. There are things, listen, every person is in a race. Every person's in a race. Every person is in a race. And there are things if I said, Josh, you need to go outside, you need to go run a marathon right now, bro. Uh, you didn't really dress for it, but I, like the world depends on this right now. The world needs you to run a marathon. Well, hold on. What is the first thing that you're going to do? Are you going to start running? Are you going to take this jacket off? Are you going to try running a marathon in that jacket? <laughs> I don't think you'd go, like, no, I was like, listen, like, dude, you can't even go home. I need you to start right now. 
there's a bomb and only you can stop it. And if you don't stop it, the whole world is gonna, and the countdown is on and we need you to save the world. And you're going, well, can I go home? No, man, you can't go home. You can't, you, can, I'm really hungry, I need some. No, you can't go even fuel yourself. What's the first thing you're gonna do? Take this off. You're gonna take this jacket off. And truthfully, I'm not gonna make you do it, but truthfully, he'd even probably take this shirt off. And honestly, if the world attend, he'd probably take the shirt underneath off. Be like, I don't care what I look like. I just know that I gotta strip this stuff off that's holding me back because I've got a race I've gotta run. <laughs> you gotta get those things off that are holding you back, that are causing you to stumble. Listen, if Josh tried to run wearing that jean jacket, he'd run about seven and a half steps before he'd be sweating like crazy. His arms would be constricted. He's like, I can't, I can't get my full swing in. It feels weird. I don't know what I'm doing. And he'd fall over and pass out. And that's what happens with so many of us in our lives. We try and run a race. We try and run a marathon with a massive backpack full of rocks stuffed in it. We're saying, I'm going to carry this with me everywhere I go. And you're running that race but it's stripping you up and it's causing you to fall over and it's causing you to be too exhausted to continue the race that God has put before you. Yeah. It's okay. And you can do it, Josh. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength and you will be who God created you to be in this life and you will do everything that God has called you to do, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Lord, I thank you for identity being released today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that he's coming into a new dimension of, of identity today in the name of Jesus. And I say, hands off enemy, hands on Jesus, because the price that Jesus paid for you is too great for you not to walk in the freedom that he has for you to walk so you run you run to win you will not be defeated and you will do what you were created for in Jesus name come on I think she is bang on with that bang on When one of you falls down, another one of you is going to say, come on, get back up. And when if, if I fall down, you're going to help me get back up. And this is part of why you need to go to church so you cannot just build community and just have, well, isn't that just nice? We're just going to have some popcorn. You need some relationships to help you get through this life. And if you think that you can build relationships with people in your church by coming once every month, I'm telling you, and do not feel condemned. I'm sorry, but not sorry. You're wrong. You're wrong because those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the course of their God. And God has called you to run. And to, to run, to run well, you need to get planted. Some of you needed to hear that today. <laughs> She's running the race. She's running the race. 
And in Jesus' name, quit caring what people think about you. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. It only matters what your good, good father thinks about you. Because when you're running your race and you know you have the approval of your father, you will not fall prey anymore to the approval of men or women. Amen. I don't believe you. I'll, just, I'll keep an eye on you. Make sure she's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like I don't. Th- I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Some of us need to get it in our mind. Need to get it in our hearts, and get it in our heads. We have a mindset of it's a short race and I can do this in my own power. I can do this in my own ability. We need to understand the Christian walk. Following Jesus is a lifetime race that will take you clear from here into eternity. You have to have your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And as you look at him, you know where to run, you know how to run, and you just keep taking one step after another step after another step until you find yourself in his presence. Right, here's the last thing I want to tell you. And this is, this is the really fun one. It's really fun. Get ready for this. So the Christian life is a race with a goal at the end. And that goal is that you look more like Jesus. Every day, listen, listen to me. Every day, you should be able to see that you look a little bit more like Jesus. And you should ask yourself at the end of the day, do I look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday? And listen, if you don't, don't, don't be like, oh, I'm a terrible person. Uh, I'm the worst. You know what? Don't let the enemy get in there with his lies and his shame and his guilt. You just say, okay, I need to tweak some things. I need to make some adjustments because every day, I need to look a little bit more like my Lord and Savior. You need to remind yourself that it's not a short race. It's a marathon. And what I love, listen, for the most part, we all know that quick fixes on anything are a scheme and a scam. Get rich quick, never really works out, does it? Take this miracle drug. You'll lose 170 pounds overnight. And then you'll gain 370 back in a week. Quick fix things don't really work. What I love about the Lord is he wants to take each and every one of us on a, not a quick fix journey, but a long journey where he makes tweak after tweak after tweak after tweak. So those things that are deep down inside of us that need a whole lot of healing, that need a whole lot of fixing, he's able to fix them over time. 
so that without you even realizing it sometimes, without you even understanding it sometimes, you one day turn around and look back and you say, my Lord, I'm not even the same person now that I was 20 years ago. I'm a completely different person. 10 years ago, I thought this way. I wanted to do this. I acted that way. But here I am today and those things are all cleaned up. I don't even have a desire or a taste in my heart or in my life for those things because God is slowly at work making changes on the inside of you. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. Running the Christian race with endurance requires a discipline. Yeah, I said the D word. I don't know what it is. Listen, I was thinking about this this morning. And there is a sense moving into the world. There is an ideology moving into the world of weakness and softness. And I don't want to do hard things. And I don't have to do hard things. And you can't tell me to do hard things. But I want to tell you something about marathon runners. Marathon runners do the hard things. People who run marathon races go and train all the time in the rain, in the snow, in the heat, when they feel like it. Yeah, I said the F word too. Feel like it. Sometimes, honestly, sometimes, most times, many times, we all seem to tell our feelings to pack their bags and take a hike. They express some things. Our feelings express some things to us. But many times, they do not tell the truth. And so it's okay for you to tell those feelings, you need to go now. I have felt you. I hear you. But it's time for you to come in line with the Word of God. Marathon runners, they train. They discipline themselves. They discipline the food they eat. They discipline the water intake they have. They discipline their sleep. They train their cardio. Nobody likes to train cardio. Nobody wants to go on the treadmill. Nobody wants to do the stair climber. Nobody likes cardio training. We all know it. Let's just be real about it. But they know even though I hate this, even though I hate standing on this treadmill like a hamster in a wheel that goes nowhere, I know that I have to do this so that when the real deal comes, I can run the race that is before me. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27 says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs? But only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, and they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So, he says, this is Paul talking to Corinthians, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete 
training it to do what it should. Passion Translation says the last two verses this way. For that reason, I don't just run for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like an, a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control. <laughs> for us to run the race that God has put before us, is going to require some self-discipline on our parts. I can't look at that. I can't listen to that. I can't smoke that. I can't taste that. I can't put this in my body. I can't participate in this. I shouldn't be there. What I love about this, it's Paul talking, and he says, I control myself. You know, marathon runners, let me put it to you this way. And I want you to listen to this. Somebody running a marathon race, their whole world, their whole life is consumed with the race. It is everything to them. It dictates their life. It dictates what they participate in. It dictates what they put inside of their body. It dictates how much sleep they get. It literally, their entire life, their whole world is centered around this one thing. As followers of Jesus, I want to submit to you today that your life should be centered around running the race. That your life, that you need to, in your life, discipline yourself so that you can run the race that Hebrew said God placed before you. This isn't a race that I'm giving you. Amy, I don't have a race for you to run. I didn't create some crazy obstacle course. And I'm like, hey, Amy, here's your race. The Bible says this is a race that God designed for you. And he wants you to run that race with endurance. Yeah, right. To run with endurance means that you are in training. Nobody likes to be in training, do they? I think we need Jen to come back up here. You guys were hooting and hollering everything Jen was saying. But the dirty little truth is, is that you got to make yourself, like Paul says, I subdue myself. Yeah. That means you got to tell yourself, no. I don't want to read my Bible. I stayed up late last night and I'm tired and I want to sleep until the last minute before I get up and have to go to work. Well, here's the truth. Maybe that is what you want to do. But what you need to do is make yourself get up and read your Bible. And here's why. Not because it's the good Christian churchy thing to do. It's so that you can run the race with endurance. Because at some point, you're going to hit that runner's wall where there's some obstacle in front of you. And if you haven't found the truth for your life in the Word of God, you're going to run smack into that wall and fall flat on your butt and be done. Let's talk about truth for a minute. 
I was telling people in the first service this, and I want to tell you this as well. One of my least favorite sayings that has come about in the last eight years is speak your truth. Some of you seem to like that saying. Let me tell you why I don't like that saying. Because it puts you, it puts me in the driver's seat of coming up with I believe truth is. And as followers of Jesus, the Bible tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you need some truth in your life, don't go make it up. Because here's what we invariably do. We make up a truth that suits our needs. I feel like I'm stepping on some toes here. But I'm going to do more and step on them. I'm going to try and break those toes. Because if that's a truth you're standing on, I don't want you standing on it for your own good. I want you standing on this. We have to live a lifestyle of discipline where we begin to say to ourselves, I will get up. I am running a race and I'm in training. Maybe if we began to think of our lives as this way as I'm in training, I'm in training. No, I can't do that. I'm in training. No, I can't go there. I'm in training. Listen, people in the world understand the phrase in training. Hey man, you want to come out and party? No, I can't. I'm in training. Hey man, you want to eat this extra cheeseburger? I can't. I'm in training. Hey, you want to go smoke this? I can't. I'm in training. Oh, that's cool. I get it. I understand. But Christians, we seem to be like, oh, I can't say no. I'll offend that person. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to make them think that I'm better than them. I don't want to be, oh, I just, I just want to know that they love, I want them to know that I love them and I can hang out with them even though they're sinners. <laughs> Hey, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. Gosh, man. Maybe we need to think about our lives, understanding that you are in a race, that there is an end line that you are shooting for. That end line is crossing the goal into eternity where your maker stands before you and says, hey, great job. I'm very proud of you. Well done. And as you walk yourself through life, as you shuffle along through life, if you're running your race, you just, people come into your life and you're like, well, you want to do this? You just say to them, I'm in training. Three simple words that everybody could understand. What are you training for? I'm training to look more like Jesus. I'm training for healing, for health, for wholeness, for restoration. What are you in training for? I'm training for restoration in my family. I am in training for reconciliation in my home. I am in training for healing in my body. What are you in training for? I'm in training for a lot of stuff, but ultimately to look more like Jesus tomorrow than I do today. So every day in my life, I discipline my body so that I get up and I go and I put in the work so that every day I'm changed and transformed and I look a little bit more like him. Stand up with me. What's that? 
some of the things you need to do in training? I used to work out with a friend a long time ago. He made a joke about me, about me being small, and that's what started our working out together. And the first thing he did was put a workout plan together. He thought it was really funny. First day we started working out together, he's like, what's your name again? I said, McGrew. He's like, that's what I thought. He's like, well, we're going to make you McGrow. (laughs) Dude thought he was hilarious. This was Rob. Make you McGrow. But what he did was, he put a plan together and said, these are the things that you need to begin to do on your own. Listen, now he could have told me these are the changes you need to make and just left it at that. And then it's up to me with what I'm gonna do with it. If I'm gonna take this workout plan and enact it in my life, or if I'm just gonna say, man, that's cool, but that's just too much work for me. I'm not really interested in that. So here's some things that you need to do in your own life to discipline yourself to run the race that is before you. It's nothing new. You hear it all the time. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to go to church. And you need to surround yourself with people who love Jesus. With people who will hold you accountable when you start getting weird or you go off track. Hey man, I haven't seen you at the gym lately. What's going on? I haven't seen you training recently. What's happening in your life? Are you skipping out? Are you slacking off? Yeah, I have been. Well, let's get back at it. Let's get to work, man. Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. And get some people around you. I can tell you that for the rest of my life. But at the end of the day, it comes down to whether you will take that information and begin to enact it in your life. Do you want to run the race? If you want to be who God's called you to be, if you want to look a little bit more like Jesus every day, then it's going to take those things being enacted in your life. Amen? I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray in a second. But when I started this service, I told you how I felt the Spirit of God said to me, the title of this message, Runners Run. And he was shouting it at us. Like we were standing at the beginning of the race, not sure what was going on and what we were supposed to do. But he's up in heaven shouting. And I want to pray for us. But if you are here in this place today and you are saying to yourself, you know, I just, I have lost that passion to run the race. I've quit telling people I'm in training I'm eating all the junk food that I can get my hands on because it tastes so good. I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing any of the things that I know that I should be doing while I'm in training. But, you say, I know that I need to make some changes. And I want to begin to run the race that God has placed before me. I want that fire inside of me. I want that passion inside of me. I want that determination. I want to see the goal line that I can run towards. If that's you, I just want you to put your hand up and we're going to pray that God births a new hunger on the inside of us. 
I see those hands. I see them. Jesus. Thank you for who you are. For what you're doing, Jesus, we honor you. We love you. I pray for every person in this room that has their hands raised up. And God, I ask right now that by your spirit, by your anointing, that you are enabling us to run the race that you've called us to run. And I say in the name of Jesus that maybe there's areas of your life where you say, when I was talking about discipline, that you say, I can't discipline myself. I have no self-discipline. I can hear somebody in my spirit saying to themselves, I have no self-discipline. I can't make myself stop. I can't make myself read my Bible. I can't make myself do any of those things. I'm so weak. And the Spirit of God says, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, he says today to you. You don't have to worry about trying to do those things in your own strength, by your own hand. But he says, my spirit is on the inside of you, causing you to rise up and become the person that I have called you to be. And I will give you my strength. And I will give you my ability. And I give you of my portion to run the race that is before you. No longer will you run the race with things on your back that are weighing you down and causing you to fall over and trip up. But by my spirit, I am coming today right now and removing those things that have caused you so much damage that have caused you so much hurt and that have wounded you and even caused you to stop I am removing those things off of your back and today from here forward you will run forward to me in freedom and wholeness in Jesus name I believe that every time we gather that Jesus himself is in the house. I never think of church as just a gathering of people hearing somebody speak. I always think of church as coming into the presence of God. And you cannot find a time in the Bible with somebody who was genuinely interested and seeking encountered Jesus Christ and did not leave set free, changed and whole. And so when we have church, it is my expectation every gathering we are in that we come into his presence, encounter him and leave changed and transformed that we don't look the same when we, we, I say this probably every service and it's not a cliche and it's not because I don't have other thoughts in my head or other words to say, but because I believe it at the core of my being that we leave this place different than how we walked in. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.